Hi, I'm Tom Hendrickson from myitcareercoach.com, where we build great tech careers, and welcome to Tech Career Talk. Today, we're going to talk about being a technical team coach with Tim Gifford. Tim, introduce yourself to the people here at Tech Career Talk. Well, hello, everyone. My name is Tim Gifford. I am the Chief Innovation Officer of Lean Techniques, uh, headquartered in Des Moines, Iowa. Uh, Lean Techniques does software product development um, and some coaching. Uh, and spend, I spend most of my days uh, working with teams, doing a lot of technical coaching, DevOps coaching, XP practices, that kind of thing. So you're all over the map. You're busy with lots of different teams, I bet, Tim. Uh, yes. Um, we're doing a lot of uh, something called the dojo these days. We're doing a lot of those, so we can dig into kind of what that looks like. Um, but generally, the, uh, the teams that I'm working with need a little help on some of the more modern software delivery techniques like test-driven development, continuous integration, um, and, I don't know, uh, acceptance test-driven development. Yeah. So why don't you start us off, Tim, and just tell us kind of what does a technical team coach do so people know who maybe not don't understand that role? Yeah, so technical coaching, um, I feel like uh, kind of part of my job is to give the team a little bit of courage and to give them a little space for learning. I feel like uh, there's a lot of suffering on the, these software development teams and they feel they're put upon. Um, the product owner is telling them they need to get certain things done. The scrum master is telling them they need to get it done within the two week time frame. They've lost the ability to innovate or they have, they've lost the time to innovate. Um, I joke that I used to, you know, on a six month, uh, project. I used to take four days to, to play around with some new technology. We don't have four days in a two-week sprint anymore to, to, to experiment. And so uh, as a technical coach, I uh, kind of give the team space. Um, I ask questions of the product owner. Um, so, and of course, it's not all technical, but, you know, so we do a lot with planning, um, uh, figuring out what they're going to get done. There's some things around um, um, commitment. There's a lot of teams that are using the word commitment. And so I help the teams understand, is there maybe something to black light? Um, uh, one of the techniques for that, let me dig into that for a second is I use a technique called equivalent bets. Mm -hmm. um, and so the idea is when you're talking about commitment, uh, I use the analogy of a relationship. When you're in a relationship, you're either, and you're committed to the relationship, what percentage of commitment are you in that relationship? Well, when you use that word commitment, that means 100%. And if yeah. you say anything else other than 100%, you're going to be in trouble. Mm -hmm. um, so when we use the word commitment when we're making our plans, we're basically telling the people asking us, the business people, that we are going to make our plan 100% um, of the time. And that's not the confidence level that we have. So tend to like look at, hey, how do we, how do we make an 80% plan? And what we do is I just envision a list of features and a spinning wheel. And um, on that wheel, 80% of it's shaded. And we just draw a line on our list of features. And then we say, if you had to make a $20 bet, where would you put it? Under the wheel or under your hitting your plan? And if, you're, if your choice is to put it on the plan, that means you're over 80% on your plan. Generally, what happens the first time you ask is they're all going to put it on the wheel because they don't believe their plan yeah. is, is going to be hit. Mm -hmm. So we just go back and forth, and eventually we get to a point where they feel 
that they can put their $20 on either their plan or the wheel of fortune and have the same likelihood of success. And yeah. so kind of working with them, creating space. And then a lot of times we just kind of set up a definition of done, help with some of the process. So traditionally I see definition of done is something that happens at the end. Mm -hmm. um, we try to define it along the way. So between every um, phase of your, as the story is moving through, like from the time it goes to backlog to when it's ready to development, there's a definition of done there. Ah. It goes from development to QA, there's a definition of done there. Mm -hmm. So every phase change, we define what the definition of done is. In very simple, very low, low technology standpoint. We just yeah. do post-it notes with a couple bullet points on it. We kind of, you know, help with that flow. And then we make sure that we have the acceptance tests. And then we, I spend a lot of time sitting down with developers actually working on um, test-driven development and then leveraging a lot of the like domain-driven design concepts. Mm -hmm. They've been around since quite a while, 20, no, I don't, I don't want to quote myself. Uh, yeah. Eric Evans' <laughs> book was published quite a few years ago. Yeah. And, um, now a lot of people have had exposure to it. So mm -hmm. I'll share some of those concepts with the teams. So when you see, like you come into a, a team for the first time, Tim, and you talked about commitment, how does that manifest itself? Like what do you see that kind of will send alarm bells that maybe commitment's an issue with the team? I think a lot of it happens when the team's planning. They, they, uh, they're afraid mm -hmm. to put a plan together. Uh, they also like to dig really deep into the work that they're going to do. Yeah. So they're unwilling to say that they're able to get this done within the time frame, um, unless they have a full understanding of all of the uh, requirements and all of the acceptance tests for that story and all the dependencies are going to be in there. And I think all of those things are important. But when we're doing a high level plan, I think, you know, we don't necessarily need all that just to come up with a high level plan. We need all that if we're being held to, um, uh, a standard that re requires us to always hit our commitments, right? Yeah. I also see teams that when they say they're going to hit a commitment, they work themselves like crazy in order to do it. Like they're definitely committed to it. Yeah. But the problem tends to be the problems that prevent the team from hitting their commitment are not on the team. They're dependencies or questions they need to answer. And mm -hmm. the question queue time to get yeah. responses to our the answers to our questions is far longer than what they estimated it to be when they were putting that work together. Yeah. Yeah. So when you, you talked about TDD, you know, you, like a team starts to work on TDD, what are some of the issues that kind of play out as you're, you know, you're trying to encourage them or, or what are some issues that come up and challenges? Well, the first one is uh, TDD as a, as a topic. It's, it's kind of become a religious war. Yeah. Um, what I've found is most people have an idea of what it is. Um, they've never really tried it mm -hmm. or they've tried it on their own and they've decided it doesn't work. And so on the team, the first one is I don't really call it test driven development when I first start with a team. What yeah. I, what I ask the team is, Hey, we're going to make this change how are we going to make this change in a risk-free way? Mm -hmm. And so starting to talk to the team and they're like, uh, well, if we're going to make it in a risk-free way, we probably need some sort of test. Okay. 
Are they going to be manual tests? Or are they going to be automated tests? Well, it'd be great if they were automated tests. Okay, awesome. Um, when should we run the tests? Well, very, all the time. I'm like, should we, what if we wrote our code to make the test pass? Could we do it? And then they're like, oh, you're talking about test driven, aren't you? And I'm like, well, I'm just thinking that if we want to do this in a risk-free way, I'm open to every option that we have. But in my experience, the best way of doing these changes in the risk-free If you haven't done it before, let's at least um, try it before you say that it's not going to work. And let's see what we can, we can learn from that. Yeah. Or get the experience before you, you say that the theory doesn't work. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think that's powerful. So now, Tim, you mentioned dojos. I'm guessing yeah. there's some people that might know what that means, but a few that don't. Why don't you, first off, tell us what a dojo is and then kind of explain how you guys use it. Um, so dojos are a place to learn. And like I mentioned before, we've taken away a lot of that innovation from the teams by putting them into these two-week sprints. And so a dojo is a place to learn. And what we do is we bring in, the structure we've been using is having a product coach and a technical coach on the same, in the same dojo, bringing a team in for a set time period. We've been doing six weeks. Um, within that six-week time period, we do two sprints or two iterations every week. So they're about two, two and a half day iterations. Mm -hmm. The reason we do that is because if we did a typical two week iteration, you only had three, um, iter uh, three rounds during the dojo. Yeah. Or two rounds, yeah, three rounds during the dojo. If we do two every week, then we get 12 opportunities for improvement, mm -hmm. um, reflection and learning. And so we, it also helps force the work breakdown yeah. Um, if you have to think about what was interesting when I first did this is we did a two week sprint, uh, you know, a two week sprint and the team's going to do a two day sprint. And they told me that a two, a planning event for a two week sprint took about an hour. Mm -hmm. And I said, well, if we're doing two days, it should be significantly less time to do that. Yeah. Well, what happened was, um, they got way more into the weeds for two days, right? And so they yep. didn't know everything that needed to happen. They knew every task because they knew it had to be done in two days and it still took an hour. Wow. And so we tried to back them up a little bit and say, hey, we don't need to think too deep about it. Just like, hey, do you think we're gonna get this stuff done in two days or not? And here, here's the great thing, if we don't get it done, we're gonna have another iteration in another two days. And we'll yeah. have a demo every two days, so the expectations of everything that we're getting done um, isn't that great. But we try to bring in all of this, the, the, as many stakeholders as we can get, um, and then we've structured the demos a little bit differently. Instead of just focusing on the output, um, I, I coach the leaders a bit to say, hey, the first question I want you to ask the team is what have you learned? Yeah. Or what have you improved? And the reason I want that to be the first question is because I want the team to understand that, that, um, that improving your work is more important than doing your work. Yeah. So if leaders, if they know the leaders are going to come in and ask that question first, they better have an answer to it. Mm -hmm. We've only got two days to do it. So we're going to not only get some work done, but we're also going to have to build in some time uh, for learning and continuous improvement. Yeah. Um, so that's kind of the six week. We bring product coaches. They kind of help with the overall product direction, focusing mm -hmm. on who the customer is, what the product is, uh, what the kind of how the workflow, uh, how the work flows through the system. 
um, technical coaches work with continuous integration, seeing what we need to do to get the product out the door, uh, and then focus on some of the some of the engineering practices, test-driven development, and uh, whatever else we need to do to help the teams uh, deliver. So once they leave the dojo, then are they taking those two and a half day sprints out, or is it kind of depend on where they're going well, to? Yeah, we kind of leave that up to them. Mm-hmm. Uh, most of the team. I, teams have gone to more of a one week cadence yeah but they still have to fit generally in these large companies they have to fit within the two week cadence or some larger program cadence yeah um so they still do their their one week iteration but maybe they don't do a demo every one week they might do it every two week yeah Um, but they might have a checkpoint along the way because they want to make sure on the demo for that second week they got something Mm -hmm. and so they've learned that having this this extra iteration inside of a two-week time period to yeah. get the opportunity to practice and make sure that they've got all the um, details worked out on their demos. Cool. Cool. So I could see that, you know, amplifying the feedback loops in that small time really be valuable to a team. Uh, yeah, I think, I think it has been. I mean, the thing that's, that is positive about the dojo is it's a different place. So we take them to a new, a new area of the business to go learn. Yeah. I think the thing that's bad about it is you take them to a different place to learn. Yeah. And so a lot of the habits they have uh, in their old workspace, I think, come back after that time period. Mm-hmm. But at least they get the experience. To hands and uh, create time and space for innovation and learning. So what's some of the things as, as a technical coach that really, you know, that you really enjoy the most about it? Hmm. What do I really enjoy? Um, I think I really enjoy uh, when team members that developers, engineers that have always done something the same way and they're, they, they have never seen a different way of doing it and they get to experience it. I think Mm -hmm. they're really like, you can see the light bulb turn on and you can, um, you, you can almost, have them see the, that you can see in their eyes that they're, they understand that, Oh my gosh, if I do it this way, I'm not going to get a phone call at two o'clock in the morning. Um, we're going to build quality in. So the scenario is automated for what is, uh, what is an actual, um, all the scenarios for what we're actually going to deliver. And we don't have to get into those arguments anymore. Yeah. We're going to deliver high quality so that the, uh, the product owner or the customers are happy. Um, and I think that it just, I think what I really enjoy is giving, showing them that is possible and that uh, we don't have to um, respond to fires all the time. We don't have to uh, have our life suffer because we've chosen a career in software. Yeah. <laughs> Excellent. Well, hey, Tim, thanks for coming on and sharing all this great stuff with us. Absolutely. Anytime. If you have any questions, please email me at tom at myitcareercoach.com. And don't forget to subscribe to our YouTube channel and our podcast. On behalf of Tim Gifford, I'm Tom Hendrickson from myitcareercoach.com, where we build great tech careers. And thanks for watching Tech Career Talk.